Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed. Teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, I had a little trouble getting to the microphone today. Once again, and I'm not allowed to complain, but once again, I've come down with another one of those post-COVID immune system lacking head colds. This is my third one in two months. And if you've been listening to my podcast, you've suffered right along with me. But I'm not going to belabor it. I'm only going to say that I'll make today's podcast a bit short and sweet, just so I don't have to uh, wheeze and honk too much. And this way I can get back to my tea. I hope you don't mind. But I did want to talk about worrying because there's a technique I developed called the ABC technique, which I'd like to share with you. It's very, very effective with chronic worrying, anticipatory thinking, and even for those uh, occasional worries that just kind of bug you and keep you awake at night. So we're going to be talking about worrying. Now, I have patients that tell me they can't stop worrying. That doesn't matter what they try. It's almost as if worrying itself has its own mind. And it feels that way, doesn't it? It's it's like, yeah, I've got to stop worrying. It's driving me crazy. I've got to stop worrying. And meanwhile, you're worrying and worrying and worrying. Well, it may feel like worrying has its own mind. But today I'm going to show you and demonstrate for you that it does not. But prior to that, let's. what, what is worrying? Well, worrying is an anticipation of things going awry, an anticipation of chaos. So the most important thing about worrying is that it's it's looking into the future and it has an expectation of things not working out. We don't worry about things going right. I can't remember the last time I worried about winning the lottery or stuff like that. So we worry about things going wrong. So why do we do it? Well, it's part of that compensatory mechanism perpetrated by insecurity. Insecurity is that in us which makes us feel vulnerable. We all grow up with some degree of insecurity. And when we feel vulnerable, we try to do things that make us feel in control, invulnerable. So we, we worry about things going wrong. Now, why do we do that? Well, to protect ourselves, ostensibly. If if we can be braced and ready, and if we can be prepared, aren't we in better shape? Well, the problem is that with worrying, as Mark Twain once said, I've worried about many things in my life, most of which have never happened. And today I just wanted to mention my technique, my ABC technique. Uh, but before I do, I know I'm all over the place. That's because my head is fuzzy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so 
worrying is the voice of insecurity. Let me establish that. It's it's the insecure part of us that wants to worry because we want to do something to feel more in control. So we worry. At least we're doing something, right? If you have a challenge coming up and you're in a powerless situation to do anything, you just have to wait, let time unfold and get to the point where you meet the challenge. At least worry gives us a feeling that we're doing something. We're not, well, we don't feel powerless, right? So worry in that guise, even though it's neurotic, it gives us some sense of solace and stress. And they do go hand in hand because the solace comes from, well, I'm doing something. I'm trying to figure this out. How am I going to handle That gives you some solace in that you're doing something, but it's also stressful. So your present moment becomes corrupted with worry. And all of these wonderful, pristine moments that you might be having are now kind of squelched, squelched by worry. I always use the the image of waves. Everybody's life has waves, right? So what's a wave? Well, a wave is a challenge, uh, something that challenges us, frightens us, makes us feel a bit out of control, powerless, fearful. We have waves in our life. But no one's life is with continual waves. Waves come and waves go, just like in the ocean. And we tend to live in the trough between waves. Now, sometimes circumstances will pile up where the waves are very close together. But eventually the waves separate a bit and there's time in between challenges. And those are the moments that we can be without worry. Potentially, those are the moments where we can allow ourselves the comfort of being present, of being in the moment. So if you're always in a wave mentality, then you're always dealing with the challenge or the challenges. You're never really in the moment, in the trough between those waves. So one of the things I want to establish today is to help you understand that when you determine that the worry that you are involved in is counterproductive. It's pulling you away from the trough moment that exists. And what I mean by that is in the trough, there is no challenge. There is no terrible thing happening. That's the wave stuff that comes in the future, the, the waves that come in, the anticipation of some danger that's about to happen a week from now, a month from now. But in that trough, you have the opportunity to be apart from the dread and the worry, and you can be more present and less victimized by your own worrying. So don't get your little, next time you get into a wave, you know, you'll get through the wave, you'll surfboard right out of it, and you'll have another opportunity to be in a trough. We, we want to value our trough moments because those are the opportunities we have, as I said, to really engage life separate from the anxiety of worrisome, ruminative, anticipatory thinking. So that's why I developed this ABC technique, because I want you to realize that worrying itself is a habit, and it'll operate seemingly independent of us if we do nothing. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it seems that worrying just goes on and on and on. We're a bystander. 
We're watching ourselves worry and we're regretting it. And we're saying, I've got to stop worrying. I wish I could stop worrying. But you're not really doing anything about the worry. Why not? Well, I my own contention is that because you look at worrying as if it is something coming from some extraterrestrial being, but not you. It's something that comes and just happens to you. I don't really mean extraterrestrial, but sometimes insecurity can feel that way. The habits of insecurity seem alien to us, alien to our better intentions or need for well-being. So what I decided is that we have to really come to understand the, the awesome power of consciousness. And that is something really important because if you don't understand the power of active mind, of consciousness, then habits like worry, they can really overrun us as if we are powerless. And we're not. We're not powerless. But we are powerless if we do nothing. In other words, we yield our power to the habit of insecurity slash worrying. So here's the ABC technique. It's very simple. So you're sitting down and you have a, a worrisome thought. What if she leaves me? Okay. So there's the worrisome thought. Let's call that the A thought, the letter A. Now, the next thought is the B thought. Well, what will I do if she leaves me? And then that's followed by the C thought. I'd better start making some plans because what if that happens and I have I have no money in the bank? And so we just went from A to B to C, the progression of these thoughts. Now, where I want you to recognize is maybe we can't stop that A thought from percolating up into our minds. You know, maybe that's just a spontaneous thought coming from that insecure place. And there it is. Pow! That A thought. What if she leaves me? Now, the B thought did not come from that spontaneous place of insecurity. It was added by us, by our consciousness. So then the C thought, well, I better get some money in the bank. And then that would be followed by a D thought and an E and an F and all the way down and as you run the alphabet. What you need to realize is that once you find yourself beginning to worry, what you need to realize is you have to stop adding worrisome thoughts to the runaway train. Worry in and of itself might instigate kind of a, a habit and it cannot add to the dialogue unless you add to the dialogue. So you've got to catch yourself. You catch yourself, what if she leaves me? And maybe the B thought slips by too because it's a little too connected to that A thought. But by the time you get to the C thought, that's where you have to remind yourself, that's me adding worry to my existing habit of worry. 
So the D thought, the E thought, the F thought, that's on you. You have to not go on contributing to the runaway train of insecurity and worry. So we may not stop worry from starting, but we darn well can stop it by not feeding it. And that's where you really have to understand active mind. And active mind, if you are interested in my book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, there's a whole section on active mind. And you need to recognize that you are in control of whether or not you add thoughts to the worrisome train or whether you put your dig your heels in and say, no, that's ridiculous. I don't know if she'll leave me. Why am I? I'm not going to speculate on something without facts. I'm not going to deal in this fuzzy realm of fiction. I'm not going to deal in this realm of insecurity-driven thinking. And I'm not pursuing this train of thought. So it's the A, B, C. Can't stop the A thought. Not typically. But you can damn well stop the B thought, the C thought. You can do it. Practice it. You'll see. It's Once you get the hang of it, you'll realize, wait a second, I'm not going down that road again. And you'll pull yourself back. Now, you may have had that, that worrisome thought, but you're not prolonging it. You're not contributing to it. So this is very important because taking an active role in your own life means just that. Taking an active role and realizing your sense of empowerment the sense of power that you have over these habituated thoughts perpetrated by insecurity. Recognize that the most powerful part of your being, your psychological being, is your consciousness. Your unconscious may influence you. Your habits of insecurity may influence you. But the arbiter of what goes through your mind and what you decide to live with is up to you. You have to be strong, obviously, because if you're wringing your hands and worrying because you feel it's doing something, well, you have to challenge that and ask yourself, is doing nothing such a terrible thing? Is it possible for me to trust my, my resourcefulness and my instincts in the moment when I do get challenged down the road? Can I believe that I have the survival instincts to handle myself? That's what they call in AA, let go, let God. You need to let go of that controlling attitude. And in this case, not necessarily the religious, but the secular sense of let go and let yourself trust that in you, which is greater than you, your survival instincts, your intuitions, that which goes beyond consciousness. The more insecure you are, the more likely you are to believe that your only recourse is to worry and that you have to figure everything out ahead of time, and you have to be in control, that's what worry does. It convinces you that you are not up to really taking charge and really handling life as the next wave comes along. So two things I'd like you to realize. One, that you have the absolute power over the thoughts that you have, and you need to experiment and find that out. You don't need to contribute the B thought, the C thought. You really don't. Find that out. Find out that you are allowing the runaway train to continue with more thoughts and more thoughts and worry and worry. You are contributing. 
I need some NyQuil or DayQuil or some Quill. <laughs> but, but anyway, so you have absolute power over your thoughts. Maybe, maybe my mind will click in as I expound on this a little bit. And, and once you realize that that you are really capable of living in that trough and not always living mentally on a wave or the next wave that's going to come, once you trust your instincts, your intuitive power, your survival skills, once you start to trust, and that's called self-trust, once you start to trust, it releases you, it frees you from needing to control things that haven't happened, and as Mark Twain said, may never happen. So don't waste your time in the worrisome future, because not only are you wasting your time, but you're corrupting the present. Why would you do that? The only reason you would do that is because you've become victimized by a habit. You worry because you've worried before, and you worry and you worry and you worry. And it's become almost a ritual for you. Whenever you feel challenged or out of control, that's because you're not self-trusting. You're not trusting yourself. Self-trust, recognize the power of the active mind. It has more power than any other aspect of your psyche. But you have to employ it. You have to demand it. And you have to take charge. So I'm going to stop it there because I, I'm not going to worry about going on and on and on. I'm not going to worry that you might decide this was a horrible podcast because it is so brief and so filled with congestion. <laughs> but anyway, I, I refuse to worry about that. I am going to use my active mind right now, and I'm going to say I gave it a shot. It was the best I could do for today. My brain is foggy. I don't know how foggy this podcast be, has come out, but uh, I, I sincerely wanted to just mention a few things about worry because I think it's important. Let me just conclude with, we all worry, okay. But when it's neurotic worrying and when it's excessive and ruminative, uh, you need to take your life back. If worry is a part of life, make it contingent on an actual event. Make it contingent on some, like I said, if you're on the Titanic, figure out the survival issues that are at stake that you have to kind of put into place. Because the boat is going down. That's not a fantasy. So that you can, you're allowed to worry if you're on the Titanic. But don't make life a Titanic, okay? And until next time, visit my website. If you don't mind, it's selfcoaching.net. Well, you can learn more about my self-coaching philosophy. And please, you know, I'm always trying to get you to read Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. You can read about it on the website or check it out on Amazon because it is, it is the uh, evolution of all my self-coaching that has come to this point. And what we're talking about today with active mind and all of that, you'll you'll I think you'll find it very, very important. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me next week. 
and let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart.